listening to The Cream of the Crop with Cat Cream, only on 107.9 Cam Glen Radio. Meow. Hello and welcome. Well, this is very 2020. You are listening to Cat Gibson and this is Cat's Cream. Now, due to unexpected circumstances, this is not a live show, but it's still going to be an absolutely fabulous one. I've got loads of great music coming up with some favourites. I've got two amazing interviews, one with the former missionary Betty Robinson about her life and her work in India. And it's all written about in her book called Thursday's Child Had Far To Go. I think many people associate missionary work with Victorian Britain and the likes of David Livingston and Mary Slessor. But when you listen to Betty's amazing life, you're sure to be entertained and interested in how missionary work is still carried out today. Tomorrow is National Alzheimer's Day, a day that raises awareness of a condition that affects millions of people and is likely to affect millions more of us in the future. And it's also going to be part of the National Playlist Day tomorrow, which is going to be held in, no, actually it's tonight, the 20th, and it's going to be held in the Old Fruit Market. My second interview, however, is absolutely fabulous. I had to stop the young smash hits guzzling teenager of yesteryear when I got to talk to Denise Pearson. She was the lead singer of the amazing band Five Star that had six top 10 chart singles in the 1980s with her brothers and sisters as Five Star. And she's also going to be talking to me all about her new solo career and her brand new song, which is called Forever Young, which you'll get to hear here on Cam Glenn. And If I've got a little bit of time, I'm going to revisit some previous interviews. So we'll just see how much I can cram into today's show. Are you ready? Go and get the kettle on while we listen along to this. We're going to start with brand new music, this time from Airdrie-born folk musician Katie McFarlane. And she's got a brand new album out called Anian Shutra, An Enchanted Girl in Gaelic. And this track is called Gav Mullard. I hope I have pronounced that right, but my appalling glass. Glaswegian Gaelic is probably going to let us down here, so it's called Gav Me Millard. Thank you. 
You are listening to Cat Scream on Cam Glen Radio, 107.9 FM. Your voice, your music, your station. Came in for the embers, stayed out for the breeze. I need to feel elements to remind me. There's beauty when it's bleak. Stuck out long before lights down What do I breathe? Oh, I know The more that I love The less that I feel The times that I jumped Never were real They say that all scars heal But I know Maybe I won't But the way Break my boat But the waves won't break my boat Stones crash on the boardwalk The wind rush through the trees I keep my eyes peeled The memories always fall short what we could have been Left out long before last call What do I need? Oh, I know The more that I love The less that I feel The times that I jumped Never were real Say that all scars Heal, but I know But the waves won't break my boat But the waves won't break my boat But the waves won't break my boat that I feel the times that I jumped never were real they say that all scars will heal but I know maybe I won't 
So there you heard Ed Sheeran, brand new song from him that's called Boat. It is from his brand new album called Subtract. Now, I don't know if you saw on Disney Plus, but he's got this documentary out where he's talking about his career and this particular album is all about songs that are much more personal and reflective given the death of his friend and his producer and the diagnosis of his wife Cherry as having cancer while she was pregnant with her second child. The whole documentary was absolutely incredible but I really liked that song The Boat and I thought when we had the waves coming out of the end of Dristrain Grav Mulad, which is from Katie McFarlane, remember, the Airdrie-based folk musician. I thought that was just perfect to end that little segment there. Now, I don't know if you're aware, but on Saturday, Scotland is going to be celebrating Scottish Folks Day, where people who perform traditional and folk music celebrate the work of Scottish folk music. This is usually done at things like the Mod, which this year is going to be held in Paisley in October, or at Celtic Connections in January. Now, Thursday, tomorrow, there's going to be a dementia-friendly concert at the Royal Concert Hall with Juliet Nemune and Nicky Murray. However, I looked it up and it's already sold out, but you can maybe see if there are other sort of things that you might fancy going to do. Still to come on today's programme, though, we have got the interview that I did with Betty Robinson and, of course, Denise Pearson of Five Star. You are well and truly going to be spoiled today. Now, the next track that we're going to listen to comes from Jerry Brown, and he was the manager of the Rua. This was a, a another sibling family, brother and two sisters, that we had in the studio a few years ago. They're actually the sort of the nephew and the nieces of Dana who had all kinds of everything as a Eurovision winner many years ago. We've kept in touch over lockdown and he's got a brand new album called The Chrysler Hill coming out in November. This track is called It Wasn't Always Like This. I hope you enjoy it. Lonely. 
From Cross to Fern Hill, from High Cross Hill to Halfway, and across the southeast of Glasgow. This is Cam Glen Radio, one hundred seven point nine FM, your local station.
So that was the incredible Liv Dawn there with I Love You. Having recently celebrated her birthday, Liv has just finished a very successful festival season on the back of her new EP. That track was called I Love You. Before that, you heard a new track coming from Jerry Brown. He's got a new album coming out called Dressler Hill and that song called It Wasn't Always Like This. Still to come on today's show, I've got the amazing interview that I did with Betty Robinson about her brand new book called Thursday's Childhood Far To Go. And I've also got the interview that I did with Denise Pearson, the lead singer of Five Star. So make sure you stay tuned listening in in Cam Glen Radio 107.9 FM. On Friday 29th of September, Cam Glen Presents Live Gigs are back in our venue in number 18 Rutherglen. Get your tickets for an evening of live music featuring Bunkhouse, Local Authority and Human Renegade. Early bird tickets are £8 plus booking fee or £10 at the door. We have a licensed bar, so strictly over 18s only. Doors open at 7pm. Just search for Cam Glenn Presents on Eventsbrite or go to our Facebook page. Radio is an amazing medium. It can inspire, entertain, inform and connect people. This station, Cam Glen Radio, is run by a dedicated, passionate and committed team of volunteers. And you can be one of those volunteers too. It doesn't matter if you're an experienced broadcaster or if you've never set foot in a studio in your life. We provide all the training and support that you need to do what you want to do. And it's a great way of making new social connections, learning new skills, expanding on your CV and just having loads of fun. So to find out more about volunteering with Cam Glen Radio, just email volunteering at healthynhappy.org.uk. You are listening to Kat Gibson right here on Cam Glen Radio 107.9 FM with you all the way through until one o'clock. Still to come on today's show, we have got the interview that I did with Betty Robinson about her book called Thursday's Childhood Far To Go. And we've also got the interview that I did with Denise Pearson of Five Star. This time, though, we are going to listen to brand new music from Declan Walsh and the Decadent Welsh. West even. I have seen Declan and Cole quite a few times and I really rate their sound. This is their brand new single and they're going to be playing the Dry Gate on the 22nd of September and on McCule's on the 4th of October but this is called 100 to 1 on a Saturday night. Listen and I'll tell you a story Forgathers if I'm starting to bore you But if you lend your ear for a minute I'll tell you a bit young Donny Devitt Donny Devitt's off with a square of gold Outside 
how good was that? That was Bianca James, brand new artist to me. And that's a brand new single from her. I think that sounds very Duffy-esque. It was called Bang Bang Baby. Now she's going to be performing at Nice and Sleazy on October the 15th. I can't wait to see her. I think she sounds incredible. What a brilliant voice. Now, before that, you heard the brand new one from Declan Walsh in the Decadent West. And as I said, he's going to be playing the Dry Gate on the 22nd of September and McHugh's on the 4th of August. What do you think of the new music or here on Cam Glen Radio? Do you like it? Is this the sort of thing you would be listening to at home? Now we're going to take a short break and we're going to come back with some community announcements. Cam Glen Radio. Community announcements. University Hospital Wishaw is recruiting for the Edinburgh and Lothian's Viral Intervention Study in kids to see if salt water nose drops can help children with colds get better faster and be less likely to pass on the virus to others. If you have a child under 7 years of age, you may be able to help join the fight. To find out more, visit elviskids.co.uk or contact the Lanarkshire Elvis Kids Study on 07976 320284. If you're struggling to clear debt on your energy bills, you can apply for a grant from British Gas Energy Trust. Before applying, you should seek some financial advice. Money Matters in the local area can help. You can call them on 0300 029 041. Find out more about the grants by visiting britishgasenergytrust.org.uk. And finally, Urban Roots are looking for volunteers to support growing spaces in the south side of Glasgow, including Malls Mire. If you have an interest in community gardens, you can contact them on 0141 613 2766 or email emma at urbanroots.org.uk. I'm David Cuthbertson and that's your community announcements on Cam Glen Radio. If you have an event or activity happening in Rutherglen or Campus Lang, let us know. Email whatson at camglenradio.org or for more events in your community, visit camglenradio.org slash local. So as I said, I was talking to Betty Robinson, still very fit and she has led an absolutely fascinating life. Her book is called Thursday's Childhood Far To Go and I had seen Betty talking about this at Rutherglen Library maybe two years ago. So this really is the talk that she gave all about the book. So this is Betty Robinson. Now Betty has written a book which was called Thursday's Childhood Had Far To Go. And it's all about your life, really, as a missionary in India. So why don't you tell us about the book and about your life? Right. So if I start at the beginning? Yes. This is my life. And as as I am new to most of you, I thought I should start by giving you some of my background. My parents lived in Dunfermline, where I was born 86 years ago. My mother was born in Glasgow and moved to Bigger in Lanarkshire at the age of five. But my father was local and worked in the office of the local newspaper, the Dunfermline Press. My parents were members of Dunfermline Congregational Church, now the United Reformed Church. My sister May was born a year after me. Chrissy Black, one of our neighbours, was the one who influenced me from an early age. She taught me to knit and sew. She was one of the leaders in the Junior Christian Endeavour in Viewfield Baptist Church. The meetings were held on a Friday evening after school and she offered to take me and my sister to that meeting when we were about seven or eight years of age and that is where my India story begins. At one of these meetings I was listening to a lady missionary, Janet Callan, 
talking about looking after little girls in an orphanage in India. I remember the name fascinated me, Ramabai Mukti Mission in Bombay. She said the girls often lost a button from their dress and then just used a safety pin to keep it closed. I could do with helpers to stitch on buttons, she said. That was when I put up my hand and said, I could do that. From an early age, I had been interested in sewing and knitting and was encouraged by Chrissy, my neighbour. So there I was, ready to go with this lady to India. I was all set to go that day. The seed was sown, but it was many years later before I did set sail for India, over 20 years later. At high school, I did a commercial course doing bookkeeping, shorthand and typing, and then worked as a typist in the Youth Employment Service in Dunfermline and Cowdenbeath, helping school leavers get jobs. But still, my sights were set on India, and eventually, in September 1963, I went to a missionary training college in Selly Oak, Birmingham. As well as Bible study and how to conduct meetings, there was learning about India, customs and so on. Two of my tutors were Indian. In college, I met up with others heading for India, and in September 1966, I was one of six adults and three children who travelled from London to Folkestone, then by sea over to Calais and by train to Milan, Florence and Rome. There we hired a minibus and we all took turns driving around Italy and on to Venice, from where our Italian ship, the SS Asia, was to sail for India. We had three weeks at sea, with the ship going down the Suez Canal, while I joined some of the passengers on a bus trip to the Pyramids and a visit to Tutankhamun Museum in Cairo. We had another stop at Aden, then on to Karachi and Bombay. In Bombay, we discovered there was a strike of pilots who would lead the ship into the harbour, so passengers were taken off the ship in motorboats without our main luggage which eventually was sent to us. Then it was a long train journey overnight and most of the next day across India from Bombay to Guti in Andhra Pradesh. Eileen, a missionary from England, joined me on the trip at Adoni to travel the rest of the way with me, her company. From the railway station in Guti, it was a Jutka ride to the mission compound. The Jutka is a small wooden cart with two large wheels pulled by a small horse. It had a wicker covering on top and straw on the floor of the cart to sit on. The driver perched on the front while we clambered up into the back via a small step hanging down and settled ourselves cross-legged on the straw inside. We jogged along rutted country lanes between rice fields with the Judka driver giving encouraging orders to his horse. Jaldi, jaldi, faster, faster. When we reached the mission compound, we wriggled over to the edge of the cart, with the Judka tilting behind us and slid down, shedding bits of straw as we went. Pat Roberts, another LMS missionary from Australia, was to look after me for the first few weeks. That first night I found it difficult to sleep, the noise of crickets and frogs in the lake near the house. It reminded me of a radio programme with the same background noise of a tropical rainforest. 
India. There I was in September 1966 in India for five years, my initial assignment. I had better get used to the sounds and smells, the heat and the curries, and eating with my fingers. I had a few weeks with Pat, going round meeting people, learning how to greet them, not shaking hands but putting hands together like in prayer and with a slight nod of the head saying, Namaskara, greetings. Then I was off to the big city of Bangalore to the language school, which was part of the theological college. I was to learn Telugu, the language of Andhra Pradesh, where I was to be working. It was one-to-one with a Telugu-speaking pastor. From the beginning, it was learning the vocabulary and phrases and using them in conversation, slowly building confidence, learning about Indian customs as well as the language and learning to write the script. At school, having learned to write Pitman shorthand instead of Roman letters, I found it fairly easy to adapt to writing a different set of squiggles which I could read, but it took time and a lot of practice, learning the vocabulary and speaking as well as reading and writing. My teacher told me well-known Bible stories in Telugu, and I had to learn these off by heart and repeat them. For example, the lost sheep, the good Samaritan. After only a few months in Bangalore, it was back to Andhra Pradesh. I was to work with a group of Indian Bible women conducting women's meetings and church services, visiting families in their homes. The leader worked out a programme for a week, and we stayed overnight in each of the villages, sometimes camping outside or in the village hall or church building. We each took our own bedding, some of the women carrying a bedroll which had a simple thin padded mattress, and they just spread it out on the floor. I had been advised to buy a folding camp cot in UK before I set sail for India, one with poles to attach a mosquito net to, which is the most necessary piece of equipment. The Bible woman had to look for points in the roof or a tree where they could attach their nets. When we went camping like this, we took a supply of rice and vegetables and spices for the week. Pots and metal plates and mugs and one or two of the Bible women did the cooking at each of our stops. They usually just drank the water wherever we were, but we foreigners were warned to drink only water that had been boiled. Some villages had bore wells with the water being pumped up out of the ground. In many places, though, the people had to walk some distance to a river and collect the water in pots and bring it back to their homes. We had special metal bottles with a felt cover so that the felt could be soaked in any water which helped to cool the boiled water inside. Most of the village women would be out working in the fields during the day from early morning, so we would visit any who were sick and at home, and then in the evening, after they had eaten, we would gather for a sing-song and a Bible talk. An Indian pastor would have several village churches to visit, so would be there only once a month or so. So the Bible women were a great help in encouraging the women, and often the men came too to these evening gatherings as well. Many of the village women were illiterate. They couldn't read or write. Most boys went to school, but girls were often kept at home to look after younger children or sick relatives, and not given the chance of an education. During the hot weather season, when there was no work in the fields, 
a three-week adult literacy course was held in the training centre in Guti. It was amazing how in a short time after drawing letters in the sand and progressing to adult literacy books with simple drawings, most of the women could read. They were amazed that they could read road signs and newspapers as well as the Bible. To get a certificate at the end of the course, they had to be able to read fluently an unseen passage from the Bible. It couldn't be a well-known Bible verse, as they would have learnt that off by heart and pretend they were reading. Everybody wants to be a cat. You are listening to Cat Scream on Cam Glen Radio, 107.9 FM. Your voice, your music, your station. Because everything else is obsolete. On Friday 29th of September, Cam Glenn Presents Live Gigs are back in our venue in number 18 Rutherglen. Get your tickets for an evening of live music featuring Bunkhouse, Local Authority, and Human Renegade. Early bird tickets are £8 plus booking fee or £10 at the door. We have a licensed bar, so strictly over 18s only. Doors open at 7pm. Just search for Cam Glenn Presents on Eventsbrite or go to our Facebook page. Radio is an amazing medium. It can inspire, entertain, inform and connect people. This station, Cam Glenn Radio, is run by a dedicated, passionate and committed team of volunteers. And you can be one of those volunteers too. It doesn't matter if you're an experienced broadcaster or if you've never set foot in a studio in your life. We provide all the training and support that you need to do what you want to do. And it's a great way of making new social connections, learning new skills, expanding on your CV and just having loads of fun. So to find out more about volunteering with Cam Glenn Radio, just email volunteering at healthynhappy.org.uk. So here is the second part of the fascinating interview that I did with Betty Robinson all about her book called Thursday's Child Had Far To Go, which is all about her experiences in India. This is the second part all about her work in Andhra Pradesh. After my initial five years in India, it was back to Scotland for a year, travelling by air this time. But first straight to Mildmay Mission Hospital in London, with a pain in my side, which had developed just as I was preparing to leave India. Doubting whether I had developed malaria, I was put in isolation until tests were done. But no, no malaria. But it turned out I had an extra small kidney that was the cause of the pain. But it was decided just to leave it after the pain subsided after medication. Later, I returned to that hospital for an appendicectomy. After recovering from this, I spent time visiting churches in UK, talking about what I had been doing and seeking to raise support for the work. During that year, I travelled to Orkney in the north, Jersey in the Channel Islands, the Isle of Wight, London, Glasgow, Edinburgh, Aberdeen, and many other places in between. Then back to India, to a new area. As well as going out to the villages with the Bible woman, I had also helped another missionary who was in charge of a boys' hostel. My typing experience came in useful, typing reports and letters, etc., and helping with the hostel accounts. These hostels were run by the church to bring village boys and in some areas girls, from the villages into a town where they had a school. 
The children would be provided with food and clothes and school books during their time in the hostel. Indian children are very good at by-hearting, learning things off by heart, and being able to recite them off part. After several years in the hostel and passing exams, some didn't want to go back to their villages to simply work in the fields alongside their fathers. They felt they were educated now. And so Peggy, one of the missionaries in that area, decided after some time something had to be done about this, not to teach children just to pass exams and feel out of place in their village setup, but to give them an education for rural living. So the concept of a new life centre was born, and Peggy asked me to be in charge of this first centre. There, the children, both boys and girls, about the age of eight, from several villages in the area who had never been to school before, were selected to come to this centre in a village where they would learn to read and write, not to pass government exams, but things that would be useful in their life, reading the newspaper, instructions on equipment and so on. In the first centre they had a field and learnt to grow vegetables and flowers to sell in the market. The hostel was supported by an organisation in Germany, Kinder Notilfe. The centre bought a buffalo which the children learnt to milk. The children went home to their villages during the summer and at Christmas and Easter. After three years each child was given a pregnant buffalo to take back to their village. If the pregnant buffalo gave birth to a male calf, this could be sold to earn more money. Later, as other such new life centres were started in other rural areas, the children were taught to use a sewing machine and so could learn to make their own clothes and also have tailoring as a living. Every year, all the missionaries in South India from the London Missionary Society, now called Council for World Mission, met for a weekend in the different workplaces in turn. After several meetings with Leslie Robinson, another LMS missionary, we were married in January 1979 in Guti, the place where I had first arrived in India. I then moved to Chikbalapur near Bangalore, where Leslie was a doctor in charge of a large mission hospital. Another new life began for me there. I had learned Telugu language for my work in Andhra Pradesh, but the hospital was in Karnataka, where Kannada is its main language. It has similar squiggles like Telugu, which I could read fairly well, but a different vocabulary, which I had to learn. However, for most of the time I spoke in Telugu and received a reply in Kannada, and we would both make ourselves understood. I had no official job in the hospital, but I soon found things to do. Leslie was the medical superintendent of the hospital, which had a hundred beds. He was the administrator, as well as taking a clinic, like a GP, and then doing general surgery and ward rounds in the hospital. The hospital ambulance driver was absent when I arrived, so having driven the jeep in Andhra Pradesh going to the villages with the Bible woman, I soon had the job of driving nurses and a doctor out to villages twice a week for roadside clinics. We would stop beside a shady tree where patients would gather to see the doctor who sat in the front seat beside the driver. A nurse had medicines in the back of the ambulance and could also do dressings and other treatments. Leprosy patients were referred to the hospital. I also helped in the office with the accounts 
and typed reports and letters which Leslie wrote. Medical students came from UK and several from Australia for their elective period of about six to eight weeks. The Church of Scotland also had a world exchange programme and we had a constant trickle of qualified doctors, nurses and others who came for up to a year as volunteers and to gain experience. They all stayed in our house and had meals with us. Several have kept in touch over the years, usually at Christmas. Dr Bruce Hayes from Australia now works in Nepal as a doctor and Marcelli Campbell, a nurse from Skye, served in Uganda looking after street children in a children's home. Previously, there had been a school of nursing for male students in the hospital in Chikpalapur, but with new government regulations at one time, it was closed. When I was there, permission was given to reopen, and we had 20 female student nurses join each year for a three-year course of general nursing and midwifery. When they qualified, they then worked as full-time staff for two years, after which they were free to leave, some to return to their own area of India, and some eventually went to work in Gulf countries, UK and America. In 2016, the School of Nursing was upgraded to a College of Nursing, then retirement. After our initial five years term in India, with flights easier and cheaper than sailings from India to UK, we had two months leave every two years. Every four years we had a period of two-month deputation work as well as two months leave. We stayed with my sister in Cowdenbeath and with Leslie's sister in Rutherglen. As both our parents had died, we had no home of our own when it came time to retire. In 1966, when we were staying with Francis and John in Rutherglen, they suggested looking for a house here, which we did, and we were able to get just what we wanted on the ground floor, near a bus stop, near a railway station and near shops. It was on that furlough that we had a visit to Buckingham Palace when Leslie was awarded the OBE for services to the Commonwealth. Leslie's sister Frances and Moira and I attended the ceremony. Then in April 99 we retired to Rutherglen and have been very happy here. With Leslie and I, both members of the Congregational Church, we joined Rutherglen Congregational Church, now the United Reformed Church. We returned to India in 2003 for the hospital's 90th birthday celebrations and enjoyed meeting up again with hospital staff. From the beginning of my time in India, I typed annual letters, usually around Christmas, and sent them by airmail to my friend Grace in Dunfermline. She retyped them and sent them out to friends and churches around the country. The number of recipients grew as over the years people in UK supported our work. Grace carefully preserved the original letters and presented me with the file when she entered a care home. Sadly, she passed away in March 2020, so did not see the letters emerge into a book. Leslie also passed away in January 2017. After editing the letters, I passed the collection on to new friends in Rutherglen, who encouraged me to have them printed as a book, so that the present generation may know of the work of missionaries in the 20th century. And this is the book. At first, I thought of giving the title Letters from India. 
then, as I was born on a Thursday, according to the rhyme, Thursday's child has far to go. That might be a more interesting title for the collection of letters. Then it was pointed out to me that I had already been to India, so changed the title to Thursday's child had far to go. And here it is. The book was published in July 2022. Excellent, that's great.
My thanks to Betty Robinson for talking to me all about her book called Thursday's Childhood Far To Go. The song that you heard there was called Make Me A Channel Of Your Peace, sung by the amazing mezzo-soprano Catherine Jenkins. Betty's book is available on all the major bookselling websites and at Rutherglen Town Hall. There's even a copy in the library. But my thanks again to Betty and I hope she's pleased with the way that the interview has turned out and how it sounds. We're going to take a very, very short break, but we are going to be back in the second hour with my interview that I did with Denise Pearson of Five Star. We've got some amusing music still to come. We've got Ava Max. We've got Dolly Parton. We have got Kayleigh Hammock. We have got Eli Youngband, amongst many more. So huge shout out to Holly and of course Graham who would normally be with me in the studio. I'm missing you both very much and I hope to be with you next week. Graham does his GMS show on a Saturday night between 7 and 9 and Holly's Hits is from Saturday at 6 o'clock when she plays some of the most popular tunes of recent years. My second interview, however, is with Denise Pearson of Five Star Fame. She was in with her incredibly successful family band with singles like Problematic, The Slightest Touch, System Addict, and of course the biggest hit, This Is Rain or Shine.
everybody wants to be a cat. You are listening to Cat Scream on Cam Glen Radio, 107.9 FM. Your voice, your music, your station. So thank you so much for agreeing to do this for me, Denise. I, I can't believe I nearly passed out when I saw that it was 40 years since you had been in the charts. Because I firmly remember dancing around our living room and bullying my brothers into helping to do systematic in the living room. Absolutely. You bullied them into doing it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, my big oh. brother was more, more interested in football and my wee brother was more interested in He-Man. <laughs> Bless you. Yeah, it's been 40 years, sweetie. I can't believe it either. It seems just on, like just only yesterday. It does, doesn't it? It just feels like yeah. yesterday. I'm, you know, dancing around the living room. So yeah. tell me how you all get started. How how did it all come about? How did Five Star start? Well, um, at the time, my dad was always in the music business. So we grew up in a musical household. So at the time, he had a group that he was getting together of three females so me and uh, Lorraine and Doris got together and, and sang and learned the song that they were going to record. And we sang it for dad. And then daddy decided not to go with them and, and to go with us three and, and said to mummy, I'm going to put the three girls into a group. And she said, well, they're all leaving school. So why not put all the five of them, you know, in a group oh together? So, yeah. So that's that's how it all came together. Because Doris is the choreographer, isn't she? She, she's, she organized the routines. Yeah, yeah, she's a choreographer. A choreographer. Um, I do the vocal arrangements. Uh, Lorraine writes, Dell produces, and Sted uh, designs for the costume. So we all have a, a hand in different aspects of the the project. Our group. Uh-huh. <laughs> and what about sibling rivalry? How how did it come about that you got to be the lead singer? Because I thought you would be the o- only because you were the lead singer. I thought you were the oldest. Oh, okay. A lot of people always thought I was the eldest, but I am, I think, in the old soul, an old soul when it comes to all five of us. But um, on Problematic, the first single that we went into studio and recorded, I had the little solo on it. And I was the only one in, in the whole household that was always listening to Randy Crawford, listening to Crystal Gale mm-hmm. and to uh, the, the Commodores and to Lionel Richie. And, and I was always singing, singing. Adele wanted to be a footballer. Yeah. Instead, wanted to be a, a, a dancer. Lorraine wanted to write books and uh, do, be a chat show host. And Doris just fell into choreography, I guess. But we all we all had different interests. But I think I was the main one who was in music. That's probably why I fell into, and I have the sing, best singing voice. <laughs> <laughs> now I was just going to say, did your dad decide that you were getting the lead line? Is that how it worked? So. And, yeah. and how did your your sisters, you know, accept that you were getting the lead line all the time? Well, we were all singing lead on Problematic until that one little solo part. And then, so it was fine. And then Dad said, Denise is going to sing. It, it kind of like, it didn't really appoint anyone. We just fell into place. Okay. Everything fell into place. Yeah, because I was always singing. So it was like, she's the lead singer. Thanks. And nobody could really do the runs like I did. Smokey taught me my, oh, uh, runs and then you know and so yeah they appointed me as lead singer fabulous um so like I said can't believe it's been 40 years since you know systematic and 
slightest yeah. touch, uh, yeah. rain or shine, you know. I was actually thinking, it was interesting because it said something about you being regarded as the Jacks, the UK's version of the Jackson 5. I seem to remember that the dance routines were very, like, Janet Jackson-esque. Yeah. You know, where yeah. Rhythm Nation would have been out around about the same time, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And Michael, too. Yeah. Of um, course, yes. The looking of the leg. In RSVP. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, Doris is the huge Michael Jackson fan. Lorraine and Doris um, love Michael. Mm -hmm. um, I love Smokey. But yeah, that's why um, you saw a lot of uh, Michael's um, influence and Janet's influence in our routines, because mm -hmm. Doris is obviously the choreographer. So tell me, what was your best memory of, of that time of doing Talk of the Pops and? being sort of I mean I can't believe there was something like at least about 10 top 10 hits you had or something like that wasn't it it was huge it was at six, one point six, yeah yeah six or seven I think it's 10 um top uh 45s maybe top 45 top 10 six yeah yeah <laughs> we were forever doing top of the pops it came to a point where I'm like please daddy do we have to go and do <laughs> top of the pops again <laughs> when groups are struggling for years just to get on top of the pops do we have to do it again like yeah. how well are you <laughs> i think moments that stood out for me were really great memories actually mum used to make this bread pudding and she used to make rice and peas and chicken and then we all used to go into the um the dressing room at top of the pops and then just switch the lights off and it was completely dark, no windows. We'd run around bumping in, into each other and just having fun. We were just teenagers, you know, and, and those were fun times. And then just eating what you wanted, you know, and then just get your costumes on, go and stand out for the, you know, the cameras to, to get the right angles and then go back into the dressing room. By the end of the evening, we did the performance and then we just went home. You know, it was very, very long days, but I think those were great days hanging out with my brothers and sisters at, at the studios. And you're still performing as Five Star, although not necessarily with your brothers and sisters. So when you're yeah. back out on, and I hate this word, but the sort of the heritage tour, who are yeah. the people that you most like to meet up with? Um, the heritage tour. I do when we do the festivals. Uh, Nick uh, Hayward was there. It was lovely to meet him. Frankie goes to Hollywood. Guy, that was lovely to meet him. Always meeting uh, Janet Kay and Junior, and it's it's great to actually get to meet the artists of that era because we never got to meet them because we were so young. Oh, so we were ushered home. My dad and then ushered to Wogan or the Royal Varieties, the Top of the Pops, and then straight home. So we weren't allowed anywhere. Meet yeah, the rest. Oh, that's a shame. So so you're getting to do it now, really, is getting to meet all the people who would have been round about you at the same time when you were Absolutely. in the charts. Yeah, yeah. And it's really great meeting them. It's like, oh my God, Nick Hayward, how are you? It's like really great to see him. So in 2011, you decided to go on to The Voice. I've got to be honest, I admire you hugely for agreeing to do that because it seems a bit of a, like a really tough, brutal factory of singers. And sometimes the singers that you think they've got a really good voice, they're not the ones you see going through. So... What made you want to go and do something like that and put yourself out on that that limb, really? Particularly when you don't have your brothers and sisters to back up. Well, music's always been my passion, sweetie. And and at the time, I don't think the guys were doing the group. And I came into the country and I'm like, how can I get back out there and introduce Five Star back 
into the limelight or myself back into the limelight and and that was the perfect opportunity because it was just airing just coming on on tv and they had me on BBC News yes I'm going to be on The Voice and I told my brothers and sisters I'm going to be on The Voice and they're like not as a contestant right and uh, as a judge right and I said no as a contestant they're like no don't do it (laughs) if you're gonna do it do it as as a as a judge but um I think it was a great little experience. I got to meet some um, great talent and I got to meet Tom. Well, you did get to go and be a judge in the Junior Eurovision, wasn't it? That's You yeah. were a judge in that. Yes, I was. That was amazing. That was really amazing. We were, It was like, close that door, go downstairs, close that. And then you can't look at this. Nobody can look at your vote. We're all watching. And then nobody can leave the room except go to the go to the toilet and then give your votes in. And it's all just very, very um, secretive and, and you, you, you know, like government work. <laughs> but it was amazing, really amazing. I love the Eurovision because it brings everybody together. It does. You, I, I'm a huge Eurovision fan. I've always been a huge Eurovision fan. Even when we were doing Dyer, I was a huge Eurovision fan. <laughs> so it was such a joy when Sam came second and we got to host it. I mean, I, I think getting first would have been pushing it, but to get second and at least to host it and to have the, the whole party here and be part of it, just incredible. What what a fabulous thing. Has it ever yeah. been something that you've thought about? Because, you know, a lot of more mature artists, shall we say, like Bonnie Tyler, Engelbert Humperdinck, they've yes. all gone and had a wee shot at Eurovision. Is it something that you fancy doing or do you think, no, let's leave it to the younger ones? Gosh, I'd love to do it. <laughs> I would absolutely love to sing like a Celine-esque kind of Mariah High power ballad for for the Eurovision yeah Yeah. here I am was actually they were going to put it forwards they wanted I think it was Germany uh wanted to um have that song but it didn't it didn't go through they wanted to translate the the song but yeah I would have loved if here I am was was uh, sung for one of the Eurovision songs but I would I would love to do a Eurovision I would do it, was, it. It was great to hear that you were actually involved in doing the vocal arrangements and in writing some of the songs um, yeah. when you were part of Five Star, because obviously now this is this is now your passion. This is what you're going to do is you're, you're creating a new EP. There's an album coming out. So tell me about that. How did all of that start and how did you start writing the songs? Well, I'm, I'm still writing them to, to this day. They're just all dropping from the heavens for me, sweetheart. They're right here onto my laptop and I'm sending it out to my guys, just like I tell everybody in there, sending my projects out and then they're sending them back. I'm getting them mixed and mastered and uploaded to the platforms. And it's all about positive thinking and, and love and change. And it's called Free Queen C. Mm-hmm. Um, my brand new album and it will be out uh spring summer next year of 2024 and i'm really 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 looking forward to all being completed it's going to i'm going to revisit some of the um old five star catalog also and remake more just like i have with the systematic and rain or shine yeah fab tell me about this single that we've got the forever young tell me about how that came to being for you there's well (laughs) I've tapped into my um Jamaican side which I've never done before 
And I guess it's because I dated a Jamaican guy, which I've never done before. And all he kept telling me was, you got to go back to Jamaica. You, you got to go and visit your roots and, and get connected again. And so I'm like, all right, that relationship is over. I don't know why this guy is in my life telling me these things. But I think it all stuck right in the, you know, in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. Because um, this song was like, gun, 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 gun. And then it was like forever young, forever young, forever young. And the lyrics came, the melody came. It's like, whoa, what is this? Because normally um, my melodies come and then I leave it for a day and then I go away and then it's probably a month and then I come back. It's like, what should I write about? But this one is like everything just came. And then with my Christmas song, Santa Claus is coming, everything just came. So it's like I'm working with the energies. The queen is working with the the almighty energies. So so they're all dropping down right here, right here in my lap because I'm asking. And I think there's more interest now. I think because of things like Rihanna's Lift Me Up, that that sort of sound is starting to come more to Uh, the fore. Well, Patwa kind of. Jamaican. Yeah, we probably call it New World, but you know, like not quite so as what you consider normally commercial. It's, it's slightly taken from other cultures. Yeah, yeah. I think that's amazing though, because the Jamaican people, they are the most connected people and the, the Rastafari's, they, there's so many of them that are vegetarian, they don't eat meat. Oh, right. You know, okay. so when you don't eat the flesh, it's, it's, it's great because you're, and they fast when you fast it connects you so so much more stronger and quickly Mm -hmm. and you manifest even more quicker just like bob marley he was manifesting that one was channeled a prophet and when you were in jamaica did you feel closer to your jamaican roots did you suddenly think yeah this is where where my second home could be this this is what i want i was the last time i was there was was when i was five so my video was recorded in holborn at pisa express live that on the stage but we've inserted some of our jamaican scenes into the video so it looks as if we've we've filmed it over there i loved it i loved the smell of the fruit the guava and just the coconut water just brings me right back there when i was five yeah i love i I absolutely love jamaica that sounds incredible and like i said good luck with the new single forever young i'm sure it's going to be great i can't wait to get listeners to listen to it and what it is that you've been doing I'm so excited that I got to speak to yourself. Like I said, grew up watching you on Top of the Pops. Can't believe that I got to speak to you today. It's been incredible. Oh, Thank you. Thank so, you. Signpost Thank for the, the listeners, your socials, etc., and how people can follow you. and Yeah, you I am on Twitter. All my dates are on the Five Star website, Five Star Official. And I've just lo- launched my own uh, website today, actually. And it's Denise Pearson official.com d-e-n-i-e-c-e person official.com and you yeah you'll find everything on there
Friday 29th of September, Camblin Presents Live Gigs are back in our venue in number 18, Rutherglen. Get your tickets for an evening of live music featuring Bunkhouse, Local Authority, and Human Renegade. Early bird tickets are £8 plus booking fee or £10 at the door. We have a licensed bar, so strictly over 18s only. Doors open at 7pm. Just search for Cam Glenn Presents on Eventsbrite or go to our Facebook page. Radio is an amazing medium. It can inspire, entertain, inform and connect people. This station, Cam Glenn Radio, is run by a dedicated, passionate and committed team of volunteers. And you can be one of those volunteers too. It doesn't matter if you're an experienced broadcaster or if you've never set foot in a studio in your life. We provide all the training and support that you need to do what you want to do. And it's a great way of making new social connections, learning new skills, expanding on your CV and just having loads of fun. So to find out more about volunteering with Cam Glenn Radio, just email volunteering at healthynhappy.org.uk. So my thanks again to Denise Pearson of Five Star Fame about her brand new track as well, Forever Young, which you heard just before the little break there. Uh, we've still got loads of great music to come. We have got music from the likes of the Bluebells, Eva Max, Dolly Parton. We have got music from Kaylee Hammock and the Eli Young Band. And I was going to try and see if we can cram in another little uh, interview but we'll see how we're going because obviously time gets away from me. So let's go and do this about the National Playlist Day which is to tonight taking place at the Old Fruit Market. This is a charity that's supported by Sally Magnuson and the idea is to create a playlist of music for dementia patients to help soothe or perhaps restore connection with them. The acts that are going to be involved in tonight's concert include the Bluebells, Twilight Sad and Man in the Moon. This is, of course, the Bluebells singing Young at Heart.
Cam Glen Radio, community announcements. Anorexia Bulimia Care is running a befriending service for people suffering from anorexia or bulimia. If you need support, you can go to their website, which is anorexiabulimiacare.org.uk, or find them on Facebook, and you'll be paired with someone who has had a similar experience and recovered. Universal Connections is holding walks every Monday, meeting outside their base on Burnhill Street from 11am. Some walks will be in the local area, and other times you'll be bused to take a walk further afield. For more information, call Graham on 0141 647 3101. And finally... Grow 73 is looking for volunteers to get involved with their work in Overton Park. You can make new friends, learn about wildlife, get involved in physical activity and much more. You can check them out on Facebook or for more information, email eugenie at grow73.org. I'm David Cuthbertson and that's your community announcements on Cam Glen Radio. If you have an event or activity happening in Rutherglen or Canvas Lang, let us know. Email what's on at camglenradio.org or for more events in your community, visit camglenradio.org slash local. So that is the National Playlist Day, which is taking place at the Old Fruit Market later on tonight with acts like the Bluebells with Young at Heart there. And there are also got bands like Twilight Sad and Man of the Moon. It's an incredible cause. And if you can get along to support it, it would be absolutely fabulous if you did. We've got yet more great music coming up. We have got the likes of Eva Max, Dolly Parton, Kayleigh Hammock, and we've got the Eli Young Band. And I was going to see if we can cram in another interview, but... I'm not sure how we're going to go in terms of time. But let's go and listen to this one. Ava Max, it's Kings and Queens. If all of the kings had their queens on the throne, we would pop champagne and raise our toes. To all of the queens who are fighting alone, baby, you're not dancing on your own. Can't live without me, you want my bitch, you get in my mana. Think it's funny, but honey, can't run the show on your own.
Charing Cross to Fern Hill from High Cross Hill to Halfway and across the southeast of Glasgow. This is Cam Glen Radio 107.9 FM, your local station. Let's hide 
it all burns down. From the incredible vocal of Dolly, Dolly Parton there with World on Fire. That is from her forthcoming new album. It's called Rockstar. It's out in November. Can't wait for that. I'm a massive Dolly fan. I think that's just going to be incredible. Before that, you heard from teenage pop sensation Ava Max with Kings and Queens. On Friday 29th of September, Camblin Presents Live Gigs are back in our venue in number 18, Rutherglen. Get your tickets for an evening of live music featuring Bunkhouse, Local Authority, and Human Renegade. Early bird tickets are £8 plus booking fee or £10 at the door. We have a licensed bar, so strictly over 18s only. Doors open at 7pm. Just search for Cam Glenn Presents on Eventsbrite or go to our Facebook page. Radio is an amazing medium. It can inspire, entertain, inform and connect people. This station, Cam Glenn Radio, is run by a dedicated, passionate and committed team of volunteers. And you can be one of those volunteers too. It doesn't matter if you're an experienced broadcaster or if you've never set foot in a studio in your life. We provide all the training and support that you need to do what you want to do. And it's a great way of making new social connections, learning new skills, expanding on your CV and just having loads of fun. So to find out more about volunteering with Cam Glenn Radio, just email volunteering at healthynhappy.org.uk. Well, as always, time is starting to run away with me. I always love this show. I'm so grateful for all of you listening in. I'm sorry I can't do a live show, but I hope this has kept you just as entertained. And weren't my interviewees fantastic? My thanks again to the amazing Betty Robinson, who talked to us about her book called Thursday's Childhood Far To Go. And then, of course, to Denise Pearson of Five Star Fame, System Addict, Rain or Shine, and, of course, our brand new track, Forever Young. Hope you really enjoyed listening to that. We're now going to go and listen to my new favourite. This is Rising Nashville star. It is Kayleigh Hammock. Now, I saw her very recently at Orin Moore, and this is a brand new single that she's got out. And you know, sometimes when relationships don't work out and you end up, you pack your bags, you walk away, you leave the flat, etc. But what you really miss is your fur baby. And it's even more poignant when that fur baby wasn't even yours to start with. It's called That Dog. spare key through the baggage in the backseat drove away crying but not about you and me all I really miss is that dog I can't sleep at night I bet you're drunk and he's all alone did you even leave on the line you knew what you were doing you know how to cut me deep cause baby we both know that dog
107.9 FM, your voice, your music, your station. Well, that really is nearly time's up. Next week, the station may be awash with election fever as the by-election is due shortly to replace our current MP, Margaret Ferrier. It is hoped that the lunchtime shows will interview some of the future candidates looking for your vote. Make sure you listen in all next week to the lunchtime shows when we're going to be interviewing some of the candidates who are going to be angling for the position of Member of Parliament for the Rutherglen and Cambus Lang area. But before we do that, I went to see the Eli Young Band. This is a four-piece band from Texas. They didn't have overnight success and two of the band really do look like proper cowboys. They wear the cowboy hats, etc. This song that they've got is really all about, if you're going to break up with me, break up in a bar. Pretty cool.
wants to be a cat. You are listening to Cat Scream on Cam Glen Radio 107.9 FM. Your voice, your music, your station. Because everything else is obsolete. Take a minute, take a lifetime, take however much time you need. Make it worth it, make it happen, make it everything you thought it would be. You tried but failed, so try again. You know how to do it again. The show. Friday 29th of September, Cam Glen Presents Live Gigs are back in our venue in number 18, Rutherglen. Get your tickets for an evening of live music featuring Bunkhouse, Local Authority, and Human Renegade. Early bird tickets are £8 plus booking fee or £10 at the door. 
We have a licensed bar, so strictly over 18s only. Doors open at 7pm. Just search for Cam Glenn Presents on Eventsbrite or go to our Facebook page. It's Wellbeing Wednesday at Healthy and Happy. When you start to work on your well-being, you'll notice all sorts of changes to your mood, your health and your energy levels. How can you improve your well-being? Get in touch with a friend, do something you're good at, find a way to relax or simply go out for a walk. To find out about activities that will improve your well-being, why not call the Transforming Lives team on 0141 646 0123 or visit our website on healthyandhappy.org.uk.
from Drumstaggart to Bankhead from Flemington to Fernhill and across the southeast of Glasgow. This is Cam Glen Radio 107.9 FM. Your voice, your music, your station.
Gambling Radio, 107.9 FM.